<laughs> Barry comes downstairs. Hey, you guys ready for Christmas? Everyone's like, what's Christmas? <laughs> it was me, Barry. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. I, I'm seeing, I'm writing this movie right now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. We love DC animation. So here's something we enjoy in this bonus episode of... Yeah, another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year... A special called Elmo Saves Christmas Dropped, where Sesame Street's Elmo wishes it was Christmas every day and has to go to the future and see the consequences of his wish. And it was narrated by Maya Angelou. I don't remember anything about the movie, but for some reason that title stuck out like a sore thumb. It like a little flicker went off in my head just now when I we said, holy crap. I'm also trying to think of, like, the bad things that can happen if it was Christmas every day. Um, Well, Christmas becomes boring. It's a Wonderful Mm. Life, and Christmas music plays every single day. Um, Businesses remain closed, the ones that are closed on Christmas. Mm, And uh, they run out of toys. But Oscar the Grouch enjoys the misery. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Also, I would probably hate it if All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey kept playing every day. Yeah, I think um, I think that would be bad, people. That would definitely be bad. We got to put her back on ice, you know? Yes. Uh, thankfully, the kid comes around and saves Christmas in the end. Ah, thank goodness. And speaking of kids saving Christmas, and actually also very inspirational uh literary creatives uh, as well because Maya Angelou that's that's really cool I need to now rewatch that <laughs> we are talking about our Christmas special for today that is right calendar man has requested that we show up and do this special for all of his employees um, I'm a little upset he has so many people on staff and yet we still are looking for an intern because <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we are covering Merry Little Batman. Uh, This is going to be a wild one because the history of it alone, I feel like this was probably the most hyped up movie from DC. And it had such a tumultuous history with just trying to get it out there. Ah, HBO Max shenanigans. Uh, Should I say Max shenanigans? (laughs) It works both ways because there's a ton of shenanigans. Uh, yes, this movie was supposed to premiere on HBO Max or connected to Cartoon Network. Unfortunately, it was right around 2021, 2022, when a lot of animation from that particular housing um, was basically in flux. We didn't know if Cartoon Network was ever going was going to survive the move. Max was already in establishment, so rather was building up to it. And this is when the former head of WB or DC. Uh, He decided to the best course of action was to move around all of DC's properties to shop them around to different streaming services. Uh, So that's why right now, if you go on Netflix, you get the entire DCEU. Oh, so that's why that happened. 
it was really weird to see like the full universe get dropped on Netflix all while I was trying to catch up on like every other show. <laughs> Uh, so at a runtime of 96 minutes, this movie just premiered on December 8th, 2023. Thankfully, got picked up by Amazon or MGM Studios. Uh, again, 2023 animated film directed by Mike Roth, uh, who is the mind behind such animated productions as Regular Show and Camp Laszlo. That explains so much. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, this is a this is just a warning. If you end up watching Camp Laszlo, watch the last episode with an adult in the room, because um, <laughs> oh boy. So the story is based on a story that Mike Roth was commissioned to write after he made a deal with DC. Uh, he wrote it with Morgan Evans, who is known for Teen Titans Go. That also makes sense. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh the screenplay uh Morgan worked with Jace Ritchie to uh to adapt the screenplay um and Jace Ritchie himself worked on Teen Titans Go, Rapunzel's Tangled Adventures and Batman the Doom that came to Gotham. What a trio. <laughs> <laughs> and you were speaking a little bit about I'm guessing or at least alluding to why it looked the way it looked. This is because the art style was influenced by the British satirical cartoonist Ronald Searle, uh, best known for the New Yorker magazine illustrations that like ended up being the satirical um, New Yorker magazine cartoons that we constantly see every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, a lot of things are adding up now after mm-hmm. the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Warner Brothers or DC Animation wanted to create a story that kind of really used this art style. And they asked Mike Roth if he'd be interested. And honestly, it was like adding, I don't know, like maybe unsweetened hot chocolate to sugar to milk <laughs> and <laughs> creating a very wonderful concoction, as we'll learn about later on in this episode. <laughs> uh, animation services were done by Gigglebug Entertainment uh, based in France and Doghead Animation based in Italy. So I'm assuming that's why um, Alfred's like Englishisms were so strong throughout this film. Ah, uh, yes. And my favorite thing to find out about this movie is that the score was composed by Patrick Stump. This man is the lead singer of the band Fall Out Boy. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> that explains the opening song, which I yeah. quite liked. Yeah, yeah, it was all very good. Like, um, so Patrick Stump, along with being the lead singer of Fall Out Boy, has actually been the a uh, score composer for a lot of productions, this movie included. Also, Spider-Man and his um, amazing friends, the new CGI thing that's been doing. So I think he's taking a step into that direction. Okay. Um, yeah. Good for him. Good for mm-hmm. him. So now that we've talked about all the stats of the film, of course, you got to get into the cast list. Um, we got introducing uh, Jonas Kibarov. Um, He is relatively new to the scene. Um He's going. He's playing our Damian Wayne here, aka Little Batman. Fun fact about him is in 2025, keep your eyes out for as he makes his Pixar debut in the movie Elio. Oh, uh, what a good yeah. combo for him! <laughs> right? Like I was just like, geez, this kid is probably rolling in though. <laughs> uh, next up, we got James Cromwell, who's nominated for Best Supporting Actor in the movie Babe, uh, but today he's Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> what a resume! <laughs> Uh, coming up next, I'm assuming you probably picked up on this, is that the villains of the Batman um, Burton verse are basically all here today. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, as we first have up, we have it's always sunny in Philadelphia's Rickety Cricket, aka David Hornsby, who is voicing the Joker. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the Penguin being voiced by someone who has played Alfred so many times. I'm assuming he decided to break bad, as Brian George uh, is now Oswald Co- Cobblepot here in our movie today. Ah, that's also why he's so British. Yes. <laughs> um, we got two people um, voicing Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze. I mean, obviously, it's two people because two different characters. <laughs> we got Therese McLaughlin as Poison Ivy. Dolph Aldemion is Mr. Freeze. Chris Sullivan is coming from his role as Toby Damon in This Is Us to now be Bane, the man of few words. <laughs> uh, we got some additional voices such as Michael Fieldling, Powerpuff Girls, Buttercup, Natalie Palomides. And a DC animation mainstay, Bumper Robinson, who's adding their voices into this mix. But finally, we have Batman, who is voiced by who I'm now calling the unofficial top dad across DC productions, Luke Wilson. Ah, yes, the dad who gets no respect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's a Stargirl joke. Um, <laughs> also, I do want to clarify because I know people might get upset about this. We're not talking about the OG Buttercup. This is not the OG Buttercup yes. voice. This is yeah. a new one. Mm-hmm. That way you don't think that we mix the two up because I, I know the people have strong feelings about one of those adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying because I'm not trying to face off against the Powerpuff Girl fandom. <laughs> that is not my Christmas wish. <laughs> That's not a bear you want to poke. <laughs> All right, so now that we've got everything all set, let's us boom tube, or rather sleigh ride, over to the beginning of Merry Little Batman. So we get a little happy little bat flying through the caves, flying through the usual um, bat cave, and we also get a great Christmas song that the longer you listen to it, the darker you realize it actually is. And that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun of it. It's kind of, it's moody, it's a little dark, but it does sound cheery. And this happy bat flies right into the most horrifying Alfred you've ever seen in your entire life. Alfred is ghastly here. The other character is funny. My God, is he tough to look at? Oh at my first. gosh. Honestly, I was just like, this is the Alfred that was supposed to die in the last Batman movie in the Burton first. I'm 100% sure of it. I thought it was Penguin when I first saw him. <laughs> Uh, I was I was like, what? Is, who is this character? Oh, it's Alfred. <laughs> All right, then. After we meet Alfred, we see meet Damien, who's running around the house in a very dark joke. Knocks over his great grandpa's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nice word, Damien. And he's also chasing a cat around named Selena around the house, which I have too many questions about to bring up on this podcast, but maybe another time. <laughs> Um, and eventually he falls down a vent while chasing the cat and he finds in the shadows Bruce Wayne with the beard. Yes. And this Bruce Wayne is, um, well, let's just say that he doesn't take his fist to justice. Uh, he'd rather take a Band-Aid because he is now the most overbearing parent that we've ever seen in our lives here. He is checking in, making sure that Damien's okay. You know, Damien apparently fell through the HVAC system and completely destroyed the entire basement area of the house. And Damien is telling him that the reason why he's doing all this is because one day he wants to be able to go out there like his dad 
and help stop crime, make the world a better and safer place. And this is where we hear the most shocking thing of all. Batman solved all crime in Gotham. Not since 2023's The Flash have we been so shocked that all <laughs> crime in Gotham has been eliminated. Yeah, it's a, it's wonderful to hear. The reason for why all crime has been solved is even more shocking. And it's because Batman said, I'm going to, he, once he learned that Damien was coming into his life, it was the happiest day of his life. However, he knew that in order to be a proper father to him and to make the world a safer place for him, he had to solve all crime. And we see a full on rock montage of him taking down every villain that he could find. We see him basically throwing a version of Jim Carrey's The Riddler through a window, catching him midair, and then throwing him into a police car um, outside of Ace Chemicals. And now Ace Chemicals has become an environmentally friendly workplace somehow. (laughs) Scarecrow was also trying to escape Arkham Asylum. And, um, you know, I know he said he solved all crime, but I don't think he solved all his anger issues from the way he was wailing on Scarecrow in that one scene. Uh, but Arkham becomes a daycare. I don't think any parents should send their kids here, but oh, yeah. looks good on the outside. <laughs> we start seeing some more of these montages of him going through the streets. Like he's starting to do street sweeping. Uh, the news reports are coming in. Um, our news reporter, Vicky Vale, is voiced by Cynthia McKay Williams. Uh, she announces that Gotham is 30 days without crime. And then it's 90 days without crime. And then we fast forward to the point where uh, Damien is eight years old, and that means that Gotham has been crime-free for eight years, and it's such a shocking moment for Damien that he's realizing that he's not going to be out there with his dad to fight crime, but he does question why his dad was here, and he said, uh, Bruce states that he was working on his Christmas present, which jumps back into some clever bat puns and jokes about things, because as they head on upstairs to once again sleeping well, after not having to deal with crime in Gotham at all, which I'm sorry, I have to stress it. I'm very shocked about the fact that they're just saying Batman has solved all crime. Yeah. And um, as you may have picked up on, uh, this movie's going to have a lot of deep cut jokes mm-hmm. to the Batman mythos. Uh, so as you were saying, Damien is eight and, you know, it's been crime free for eight years. That's a joke for The Dark Knight Rises because there's the period between those movies is eight years. So, again, they're making fun of, like, the <laughs> Dent Act that, like, reduced crime in Gotham in that movie. Uh, so, and they also poke fun at after Bruce reveals there's going to be a present for Damien. They also say, oh, are there going to be bat ice skates? And he's like, that's just silly. Uh, <laughs> so, again, Batman and Robin shots. After we get a really disgusting dinner scene where <laughs> which is funny because uh, Alfred is like, I'm going to make you a traditional English breakfast and all the food looks horrible. I'm sorry, England, but yeah, don't have breakfast. Leave it to us, Americans. We got that for you. I don't think they have lunch and dinner either. No offense. I'm, no, not actually offense. But <laughs> yeah, They got fish and chips and Gordon okay. Ramsay. So I'll, I'll let them have some meals, but. Yeah. We don't need breakfast from you guys. You got Thank proper you. beers. You got proper beers. I'll I'll give you all that too. True, true. <laughs> Y'all hold that down. Uh so and actors. And uh so <laughs> your main export. <laughs> Just everything <laughs> <other than> food. <laughs> so after being pestered by Damien enough, Bruce breaks down and gives 
his son a gift, which is real to be Batman's first utility belt. And upon opening it, he finds a first aid kit, a whistle, <laughs> and a foam batarang. And of course, you know, it's played for laughs, but this is a point for me where I was like, wow, this is an actual father and son relationship. And I know the fun of Batman and Damien usually is that it's not, but I, it was kind of fun and refreshing to see like them actually be a father and son for one time for his age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Even the, the donut joke that comes up, I am definitely stealing that for the future. And by future, I mean in the next five minutes. Um, <laughs> um, but as Damien goes through his belt, he gets very upset about what he finds because he is hoping that it would have been the real stuff. And um, Bruce tells him, you know, we just want you to get... Uh, proper training, understand what it means to be a hero. Um, because for Bruce, he has three rules in particular that to be a hero, you must have an understanding of uh, focus, responsibility, and sacrifice, which he doesn't feel that Damien has quite yet. But this all gets interrupted when a phone starts ringing off in the distance. And Bruce and Alfred are just shocked and appalled to hear this ringing. Damien's unsure what it is, but the two of them know that it's the call from the bat phone. And I love that when the bat phone got picked up, a moth flew off from it. Um, it's also a very nice callback to like older iterations of the Batman series where we just see all these different like gadgets that he was able to connect with Commissioner Gordon with about. Before they could trace the call and find out where he lived. Right, exactly. <laughs> so at the it's revealed that the Justice League is calling and apparently nobody else on the league is available so batman needs to go and investigate a weather disturbance across the world um we get another quick gag where batman gives a list of emergency contacts and (laughs) nightwing is like near the bottom (laughs) but not all the way near but pretty close to the bottom of this as batman's getting ready alfred also lampshades like hey you're gonna go out in the cowl with the beard like i left you a razor and he's like nah I think I, I look intimidating with the beard. I'll go with it. And right as he's about to board the plane with his beard in tow, uh, Damien is caught in the bag because one of the features of the utility belt is it's <laughs> it's a little pre-recorded message from Bruce saying, protect my baby. Uh, so it goes off. And once Damien is caught, Batman is understandably upset. He's, he's saying, I... It's not your time. You can't go on this mission. So the only way he can feel safe going is that he forces Damien to surrender the belt to Alfred. And in response, Damien does the classic Batman ninja away when Bruce asks for a hug. (laughs) See, y'all, we watched Batman Ninja. (laughs) (laughs) So as Bruce flies off, uh, Alfred walks up to Damien and shares, you know, maybe there's something I can do that can help. I can make my world famous hot cocoa. Damien at first doesn't want anything to do with it, but he realizes that with Bruce gone, he could potentially do all of his Batman training in the house. The only thing is he needs to get rid of Alfred so he go full extreme on it. So he starts tricking Alfred saying that um, he does want the hot cocoa, 
And he decides the best way to make sure that Alfred is out the house is to steal the marshmallows that he says is used to make the hot cocoa. And you see this whole intense scene as Alfred is just basically putting every single like barista the shame just to make this very simple hot cocoa, but it comes out really well. All while Damien is climbing up the uh, the cabinets and just eating all the marshmallows that he can find. Even like this huge bag that was like three shelves up. And he does it in such a way that it's just like he really is leaning into this like kind of Batman training that he has. Fortunately for Damien, Alfred doesn't catch him eating any of these uh, marshmallows. And when Alfred sees this, he decides to go to the store. While he's driving out, there's these two characters who he almost crashes into. And it's revealed that these people are plotting to do different home invasions. So we get this during Christmas time. Of course, we got to have the Home Alone sequence where we have Damien he is playing around in the house, doing all of his things. He's using his band-aids that he's got to make a giant fist. He jumps into the pool and um, to and gets rid of all the water. And all while these villains are robbing people's homes. And very much like the duo in the original movie, one of them is trying to make their mark by recording um, all the robberies that they do. And it's just very funny because I'm like, in the back of my mind, I could just hear Joe Pesci being like, you realize if we leave our calling card, they go, <laughs> Lisa know exactly who we are. <laughs> the Lisa <Yeah>. bandits. <laughs> Just trace your IP address. And so <laughs> it's revealed that um, Batman has crash landed in Nova Scotia and that the weather anomaly he was sent there to check out was a trick. We don't know who yet. But meanwhile, back at home, Damien is carbo loading and explodes his microwave. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess it's like a stronger bat microwave or Damien's made out of steel because that was a big explosion and there's a short that's caused that opens the gate to Wayne Manor luring the thieves closer in so as you were saying this is where the similarities to Home Alone just become fully Home Alone because (laughs) in the first movie the exact same thing happens with the power outage as well (laughs) obviously you have two criminals So, you know, the next step is for Damien to set up a bunch of traps for them to fall into. I I do like there's a quick gag in here about um, there's a book in the library about excavating rocks underground. I think that was my favorite, one of my favorite jokes (laughs) of this entire movie. (laughs) They're like, why? So Damien, um, in the process of them stealing, the thieves stealing, they do steal his utility belt. So... Instead of calling the police, like Kevin McAllister should have done, um, he decides he wants to do this himself. He wants to prove to himself that he can be worthy of Batman. So after suiting up with his homemade bat suit, he says, he introduces himself and says, I'm Batman and your night just got darker. It is. Oh, man. I feel like this would have been my dream if I was an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> so... As he's fighting off against every single one of these uh, these two crooks here, he's doing everything in his power. He's using all of the hidden passageways to create a sense of mystery around him, even though they do see that he's a kid. Uh, he even uses like the garland to t- use to take all the um all the like the weapons that the the knights of armor have in their hands throughout this giant hall to create 
areas for them to get whacked with, all leading to this pool of water. And they're shocked. They're like, what's what's this kiddie pool doing here? And Damien says to put out the grease fire. And much like us, we know that water and grease fire don't mix. It's a joke that gets said here as the two crooks get set on fire, causing them to get chased out. Damien is in tow. And he's now got a hold of the bag that has his belt in it. So he is trying so hard to get his belt back. Unsure if he cares about the presents that were in there, but he really wants the belt back because he doesn't want his dad to feel like he's incapable of being a hero. Unfortunately, though, um, the rip in the bag leads to all the presents getting thrown onto the ground, all while this belt somehow is the only thing to make it over to the criminal side. Damien continues to give chase, unfortunately gets kicked out the van, um, and it leads to him having his, like, haphazardly made bat suit, which is honestly just pajamas, a giant blanket, and um, a paper bag with two little ears poking up. (laughs) It's cute. It's very cute. It's, like, definitely a a bat costume you would want to make, but, like, it's also just very funny to see that as he falls into the snow, he sees the bat outline and decides that he needs to upgrade his suit in order to face off against these villains. So he makes his way over down to the Batcave, but not before he gives a very heartfelt goodbye to Selena, letting her know that he's about to make his way to become the dark hero. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him there. All while Selena falls asleep on him. Yeah, I was going to say, like, similarly to the real Selena, she does not care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like, tell me something. In- let me know when something interesting happens. And uh, so Damien gets back into gets down into the Batcave and he finds several suits. Of course, one has extremely erect bat nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Very pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does find a full size bat costume waiting for him there's a sign that says damien and in a nice little visual gag he puts it on and it's obviously too big for him but then it automatically shrinks to fit with that a video batman pre-made because you know prep time triggers (laughs) and he says basically on the video he says this video was made in case i die so if you're seeing this i'm dead or you just snuck into the cave in that case you're in big trouble uh so in the background of the video, you see a baby Damien. So Batman's been preparing for this for eight years. Uh, and there's a nice line in here where Batman's like, I never wanted you to put the suit on, but I always had a feeling you might have to anyway. So this is why I made it just in case. So um, after this video exchange is finished, we have uh, another new character introduced where in the suit he installed a bat dad AI that would talk to Damien throughout the missions. And um, Damien tries to mute it. And he, the AI is like, you want to mute your dead dad? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so as Damien jumps in to start his mission into the Batmobile, he realizes there's a bit of a problem. Uh, he's way out of scale for this car in the universe. A lot of things in this universe are out of scale, like the cabinets that were like approximately like 50 feet tall each. He's eight years old, not eight inches, but (laughs) (laughs) he he can't use the Batmobile. (laughs) Uh, Luckily enough for him, though, through the power of uh, button mashing, he's able to unlock the Batpod, a.k.a. the Batcycle, 
Um, so he takes off, he's driving out, and we hear the most fire Christmas song of all time. Because apparently at some point back in the day, Little John made a Christmas song. <laughs> and that, it, it's going up right up there with the uh, breathe for the house of Zion. Hey, <laughs> it's right up there for me. Honestly, we should just have that be Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving song <laughs> and this Little John track to be the Christmas song. We got it on lock. We don't have to worry no more. Ta- a petition. Talk to your congressman about this. All right. Let's get this on the ballot. <laughs> So Damien is driving through the streets. He's hitting the, the turbo boosters and everything. Um, he's making his way over to Gotham, the city of it all. And this is where we jump on over now to the crooks who, once again, now have to explain to their boss why is it that they lost all the presents. They're walking up. They're making up their way up the steps. And they walk into the room and there's a balloon sitting in the chair. It pops, and this is where we see that the person behind all of this is the one and only Joker, who had a plot for these individuals to go through and steal the presents so it ruined everyone's Christmas. And now they have to show him that the only thing they got was this belt, and he's questioning, why did you only get the belt? And they explain that Batman stopped them. We also find out that Joker was the one that was impersonating the Justice League, to send Batman away. So he's still shocked of how Batman can be here. And this is when they reveal it was actually a little Batman, which at first he's upset about, but then he watches the video that one of the crooks took. And he's just so impressed by the level of destruction that little Batman has caused that he decides to change up his plan entirely. And he decides the best way to do this is to enlist the help of another villainous vine poison ivy yes and i also want to mention because i think there may be some controversy and i want to make my my stance clear mm-hmm. i love rickety cricket on always sunny i love the actor yeah i don't love his joker voice i have mm, to say yeah i think he gets parts of it correct i think there are parts that he he understands the humor and the the lightness of it. But I think there's not enough teeth in this voice. There's not enough menace Mm -hmm. for me. I even hate to say this, but like Zach Galifianakis sounds Mm. and the Lego Batman movie sounded a (laughs) bit more intimidating to me than here. (laughs) This voice is just a little offset. What what did you, how would you make of this Joker? It was definitely a scratchy voice that, with time, I can see definitely. I kind of felt it at certain points where it's just like with time, it felt really annoying to kind of hear. Also, you know, I don't think David Hornsby tends to do most voice acting, so this is just him talking like himself. Um, so no offense to your voice, but I just think for Joker, it just seemed a little different. I think he had the mannerisms down though. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like the some. Some there were some tones that he hit that hit really well, but then like you like like just as you're saying, there's just some certain things that was just like, ah, not quite what I will want to see in a Joker. I don't know if maybe it's because so the movie they were trying to make it more kid friendly, and I guess maybe that's what it was like an influence on just like find the kid friendliest Joker voice that you could find, but. 
yeah, I agree. It wasn't to me. It wasn't the best, but it also wasn't the worst. Like it, it no, yeah. In this movie, it fits. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't think I'll be saying as this is my all time favorite Joker. Oh anytime yeah. Soon. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, uh, we get a couple quick uh, montages between Damien and Batman. Damien, as he's going around the AI, he's like, to find these people, can you hack into the phone system? And there's like, no, that's so unethical. I would never do that, Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> we also get a Batman dream sequence of what must be happening in Gotham without him, where he pictures everything's on fire and Alfred is falling into flames, screaming at Damien, I'll see you in the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, I think that's the funniest way I've ever seen Alfred die to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I forget Bane snapping Alfred's neck or something. Let's do that. <laughs> um, and in this sequence, it's also confirmed that Bruce goes to therapy, which mm-hmm. explains why mm-hmm. he has a relationship with Damien. <laughs> yes, my favorite line was, remember what your therapist said about brooding, Bruce? Focus on the repair. As he's actually repairing the bat jet. And I was just like, oh, see, look at that. Look at that. All the people who are saying that Batman needs therapy, he's trying. This man made it. He graduated. Congratulations to this man. Yeah. I I do like I do like a lot what, what they're doing with this. And um so we cut back to Damien, who is now in a mall, and for a second he's kind of caught up in the Christmas joy, but remembers he is a kid. Even though he's a kid, he has a mission to complete. So he hilariously grapples up to Santa because Santa's on a higher level. And once he gets there, he meets an elf and Santa duo that look a little suspect. Yeah, we get the full on darkest version of a Christmas story here. That classic scene of um, him asking for the Red Rider BB gun. Um, in fact, I think the characters are dressed the exact same way. I mean, I know Santa's looks pretty similar, but I think the elf was the exact same costume. <laughs> As Damien is sitting on Santa's lap talking about what he wants for Christmas, um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff he also lists, but he's just like, I need to find my, I need to find this item. This is when the elf pulls out something from the bag and it's Damien's belt. He's wondering how do they have it? And when he pulls at Santa's beard, he sees Bane's mask. And now Poison Ivy and Bane, the oldest versions of Poison Ivy and Bane I've honestly seen in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, Poison Ivy especially. I I guess they were trying to not have to do her sexy for a, a kid's cartoon. Maybe? <laughs> was, I can see that. I can see that. I was thinking it was because there's been so many years that like Batman had cleaned up Gotham that maybe they're just like she just rapidly aged for some reason but I can see it being that they didn't want to make her sexy for a kids cartoon because she didn't even do the, the any of the pheromones everything that she did was um, all vine mil- manipulation so that was pretty cool to I'm glad that they thought took that into account oh and also Bane wears glasses I'm assuming they're bifocals he was raised in a dog but he can't see, see in the light <laughs> <laughs> there's a Obviously, again, a Batman Robin reference of Poison Ivy and Bane teaming up. And this is where we get a little chase slash fight sequence where it looks like Damien inherited prep time from his dad because 
He has the weed killer for Poison Ivy. He's able to tie Bane's shoelaces together. And just kind of accidentally in the course of trying to get his belt, um, he goes, he knocks over the Gotham Christmas tree and people start calling him a snack size Scrooge. Uh, so <laughs> this is also the point where it feels like Joker's plan is pretty thin. And I know that Joker is, a, you know, a man of chaos who <laughs> does whatever. But here it's, I almost kind of wanted hit the belt to be on a more defined track because it just mm. kind of sees like Damien randomly causes chaos and then the belt slips away from him by pure luck. I, I don't know what the plan here was. <laughs> um, but somehow it works and people start turning against Joker even though he jokes about moving to Metropolis. That's an injustice joke for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're picking up on all these little Easter eggs. (laughs) This is a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing I know. It's bad Superman. Um, (laughs) But now that we see where Damien is at, already uh, messing things up for Christmas, we cut back to see what Bat Dad's up to. Not the AI, the real one. So we see that he's finally broken through for his um his bat jet. He's able to get into the engine room and notices that every single part of it has been frozen over entirely. So it's to a point where it's just like, there's no way this could have just happened due to us being stuck in Nova Scotia during this blizzard. And as he heads out, he comes face to face with Mr. Freeze who is fully on vacation because he looks like Homer Simpson wearing a floral shirt. <laughs> and he's just freezes is making a ton of ice puns, all of which are unfortunately failing. Did not learn anything from Captain Cold on the flash, but he does reveal during this battle that even though Batman is here, Gotham is still being protected somehow by a little Batman. And it's just enough of a shock to catch Batman off guard that he realizes Damien and it causes Freeze to catch him and freeze him over. All while Damien is walking through because he did see during his battle with um, Poison Ivy and Bane that his belt was taken by a truck heading to Gotham Zoo. And this is where we get one of the most, I guess, sad conversations, very much like Home Alone 2, kid walking through New York scenario where Damien is talking with the bat dad AI and the the AI mentions how he has memories or rather he has um, programmed memories of Bruce loving to come here as a kid with his parents and Damien questioned why his parents never took him afterwards and this is when things start to click as the two of them have a great conversation between each other ultimately leading to the bat dad AI observing that the retrieval of the belt and Bruce trusting Damien isn't something that he sees really going hand in hand, to which saying that he doesn't believe that Bruce's love for Damien is all about him showing that he could be the superhero. He should just realize that like his love for Damien is for all the work he has done to create the life that he has now. Damien doesn't agree with that. Um, he still thinks that like the only way to get his ba- his dad to trust and love him is to continue on with this mission um, to get this belt, which we see off in the distance being held up um, over an ice skating rink 
at a North Pole candy cane pillar. Um, but obviously, this is a trap. And this opens up to basically what I'm assuming is Batman Returns. Yes. I uh, also do want to mention a thing in that bad dad AI conversation is that bad bad dad reveals that the reason the AI was created was so that Damien would never be alone, which is really a good a good line, except for the fact that Talia is still alive and Alfred's still around. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the sentiment of it is really good, and that's what I liked about the the idea of that. So. Damien falls into an icy trap, uh, a la Batman Returns, and for some reason, Penguin's on a <laughs> on a motor scooter. This entire movie with his <laughs> umbrellas, sure. Um, <laughs> during the fight, he cracks the main computer panel of of Damien's suit that now injures the AI. And Joker also gets on a video to try to stir Damien up more. And this combination, Damien's so stirred up that he ends up chasing the villains right into the middle of a balloon parade and completely ruins this balloon parade, deflates balloons, and trying to chase Penguin, who's surprisingly spry despite <laughs> being in a motor chair. And at the end of this parade sequence... The suit, as Damien is falling, the suit says, I can save you, but it's going to take everything I have left to do it. So he has to sacrifice the power of his suit and the bad dad AI to land safely. And as he hits the ground, uh, thankfully not as hard as Batman hit the ground in Batman Hush, um, getting a concussion and brain injuries, uh, the bad dad AI thanks Damien for the memories. Yeah, this was um, I also liked one thing that they did here, too, was that once Bat Dad AI had uh, had finally said his last words, you saw the Bat logo kind of like shatter and split. I think that was a nice touch because it just definitely felt like this is a very heartbreaking moment. And it was just like, we're going to capitalize on that feeling and have it be like a bat breaking moment but not like how Bane back breaks people but more like this was just definitely well done in my opinion because you do feel the emotion just from even seeing that scene and as Damien is reeling over the loss of his you know friend for over the, the last like I'm assuming 30 minutes or so right now he looks around and sees that all this chaos is happening because the balloon parade is a shambles. People are screaming. Gordon, he gets alerted by his people that there's a bunch of stuff that's happening. There's rioting in the streets. So he decides the best thing to do is to turn on the bat signal because obviously it's not their problem. They, Everyone in the street sees the symbol in the sky. Alfred finally comes out the supermarket. I'm assuming he was stuck on a very long Trader Joe's line. <laughs> I, I I know not not Trader Joe's because Trader Joe's get you out of there quickly. So I'm thinking maybe this was like a target with one register open. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> Hashtag um, not sponsored, but Trader Joe's, please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so as everyone's looking around, everyone starts panicking because they're saying, "Oh my God, crime has come back to Gotham," and everyone is telling Damien to get out the way. They people are start trying to steal cars, but immediately crashing them all while Damien decides the best person to speak to in this moment is 
my greatest ally, and it's got to be Santa. So he walks over to Santa, tells him that he needs his help to save the day. But this Santa is one of the people who got hurt or at least um, was involved in the balloon parade crash. And he realizes that as Damien was responsible for all this. So he starts rallying everyone around him to chase after Damien. And Damien starts entering this very fearful state. I love this scene because it like turns from this very colorful world that Damien's in that now becomes fully devoid of color and almost of life as he's now just running away, frantically crying, while these ominous footsteps are just following him. And when the footsteps finally catch up to him, it's a horrifying sight. It's Alfred. <laughs> it's it's still Alfred, and he's still horrifying as hell. <laughs> but <laughs> somehow this ghastly man is able to comfort Damien. <laughs> Alfred reinforces to Damien because Damien is saying, oh, he's just too overprotective. And Alfred says he's trying to protect not you, but your childhood, the one he never got to have. And... um. I also like in the middle of the speech that Alfred is given this really inspirational speech. Damien casually mentions misplacing the bat pod. And in the middle of the speech, Alfred goes, wait a minute, the bat pod? Um, mm, mm, never mind. Uh, let's go. And he's like, okay, let's get home. Let's resolve this. So Alfred turns around and walks approximately seven miles without turning back once to see that Damien has been captured by the Joker. <laughs> Essentially by a balloon, a card, and some Joker gas that knock Damien out and allow him to be kidnapped literally right in back of Alfred without doing anything. And a it's a peep of mine in New York, honestly. Hold yeah. your kids' hands, people. <laughs> right? Like, he's been running around. He's... Branded as like a, a local city menace. Look at him. <laughs> Look at me. Now, when Damien wakes up, he finds himself among the villains. And this is where the movie just says, hey, we already did all of Home Alone. Let's just do the last part of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, too. <laughs> yeah, so Damien walks on over. Um, he wakes up in this factory and it ends up him walking into a snow globe where Joker has collected and gathered all his co-conspirators for a holiday party. Um, they're singing. There's a lot of great Christmas, random Christmas songs in this in this movie. Each one was actually a banger. <laughs> <laughs> so as Joker's calling him in, he's like wondering why this Joker seems so nice and caring for him right now. And it's because Joker finally reveals that everything that he's done has been in connection to this plan. Uh, originally, it was just to go out there and steal the presents so that every single person in Gotham would feel terrible on Christmas Day. But after seeing how much da damage that Damien caused while in that first go around, he's like, I'm going to change up my plan. And while you, Damien, chase after this belt, causing chaos everywhere and destroying Christmas for everyone so as they can see it, I'm going to have the rest of my people go through and steal all the gifts. So not only do they have to deal with a terrible Christmas Eve, they're going to also have to deal with a terrible Christmas morning. All this while, Damien is realizing how much chaos he actually did cause, um, how much Joker, he's unfortunately Joker has tricked them. But most importantly, Joker keeps bringing up along the rest of his co-conspirators that 
all this destruction and chaos that he caused, Damien should not be calling himself a superhero. He is, in fact, a supervillain. Hmm. And I'll get to that later. <laughs> <Because> I, think, <laughs> I think there was something in here that I would have also liked to see. But in, uh, in the spirit of him being a supervillain, they give him back the utility belt finally with uh, full of bad weapons and prizes. So it's grenades, it's knives, it's dangerous stuff. Um, also, the great, great opportunity here, uh, this joke we've been waiting for. Bane gets a chance to speak, do a little monologue, and he's completely incomprehensible <laughs> to us, but everybody else can understand him. I loved. And in this moment, Damien's looking down at the belt, and since there's a grenade in it, he... <laughs> throws the, the belt into the fire that they made inside of this floating treehouse, um, blowing a hole in their snow globe villain floating fort. Um, Joker's like, who gave the explosives? Oh, me. That's actually, that's on me. <laughs> great gag. Um, and also another great gag that Poison Ivy used a Christmas wreath as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so they am falling down into a factory. And here's where gets a little weird because largely the tone of this has been light and soft um, with, you know, the exception of Batman's parents dying. Similarly to the Lego movie, it's kind of like it's mentioned, it's explored, but, you know, death is not on screen. But uh, Joker's just trying to straight up kill Damien right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this came out on streaming, of course, there wasn't really like an official rating but i'm assuming that this was intentionally supposed to be tvg i think this is when we definitely pushed it up to a pg here because you see damien get tied up in a bunch of poison ivy's vines and everyone else is like holding him down his face starts to turn blue all just when damien is about to get hit with a mallet from joker and luckily for this little batman here a uh, bigger Batman flies through. He drops off a tied up Mr. Freeze and Batman starts working the room, by which I mean checking in to make sure that Damien isn't too badly injured, much to the shock of Joker, who's like, well, yo, wait, you had a kid this entire time? I thought we were friends. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that is pretty. <laughs> I did like that. Um, and at this point... You know, of course, Batman is still a nervous wreck. Um, but Damien says, look, I know I'm a kid, but I'm your kid, dad. So, you know, think about think about that for a second. And um, I do like how Penguin also, when it's talking about dad, they're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I had a bad dad that dropped me off in the sewers like Batman returns. <laughs> but in this like conversation they're having, Joker uses the mallet and knocks Batman out. Fortunately... For Batman, while he's dazed, Damien pulls a pulls a full on Gohan and <laughs> enhances his skills by elevenfold, while Batman's at the brink of death and is able to relatively keep up with the villains until Batman returns <laughs> and mm. gets back into the fight by giving Damien a utility belt as well. I gotta say, um, you know, speaking about Damien getting power tenfold or elevenfold, rather, uh, my man held back a punch from Bane. Yeah, with yeah. his whole body. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
you still would be atoms. Your whole body would be, my body would be atoms. It's nothing to be ashamed <laughs> of. But if Bane punched me, Tom Hardy, I, I would die. I mm-hmm. My heart would stop. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All of ours would. It's, I don't know how he did it. I, I mean, you know, actually, you know, I, we, this is probably the next thing we got to do is to power scale the durability of, of the little Batman's body. Because after taking the hit from the microwave, I need to know which one was stronger. Yeah. So now that Batman has now decided to let Damien join in on the fight, there's a little fun moment. He's just like, hey, Dave, hey, little Batman, do you need a wingman? And Damien's just like, no, but I need a sidekick. As he sidekicks Penguin, uh, you know, gotta love those little dads. <laughs> so they start working together. They're able to take everybody down. Um, the factory is a candy cane factory. So as everyone gets taken out, um, they get thrown into this giant vat of candy cane, which is honestly just basically Ace Chemicals, but environmentally friendly. <laughs> There's even one scene in which the first speaking role that ben, Bane has in which he gets uh, knocked over and he yells out, oh, my back. And yes. <laughs> um, this leads into the final confrontation as Joker once again has gotten his hands on a rocket launcher. Uh, he makes a joke about blowing this relationship away. And this is where our bat duo here gets out their batarangs, making sure that they don't poke their eyes out. And flings it at the Joker, completely missing. But then Joker is quickly reminded that Batarangs always return. Yes. And now jo- falling into that bat, <laughs> as Joker always does. Now all the villains are defeated. And now the only thing to do- left to do is save Christmas. So Batman, Damien, and Alfred get in the bat jet. I guess that's the bat jet. I don't yeah, know. If the ba- I think it was. I think it's, it should be the bat jet. <laughs> yeah, the bat. It's not a bat copter. So yeah, let's go with the bat jet. <laughs> and uh, they put all the presents in and give away toys around Gotham. Everyone is getting the wrong presents. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I hope no one was gifting anything, you know, private yeah. <laughs> because or like with sentimental value. Because guess what. Uh, your neighbor's getting it or your boss is going to see it. And I hope they don't have too many questions on Monday after your PTO is up. <laughs> so as they're giving away the presents, Damien says, you know what? I kind of feel bad for Joker for being alone. And Batman's like, but he's a supervillain, which Damien replies, mom's a supervillain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and even Alfred rose Bruce for that. So we... After that stirring argument, there's only one thing left to do is to get a meal with a friend. Yeah, because um, forgot forgot to mention this earlier during Joker's explanation of why he decided to come up with this plan is because after Batman had stopped all crime, he realized that he had nothing left to do. He was forced into retirement. But the thing he hated the most wasn't the fact that he couldn't commit any more crimes. It was the fact that he didn't he couldn't commit crimes with his friends, he gets a little montage of younger versions of themselves stealing from art museums and whatnot. So Damien held on to this and was just like, let's grab Joker. Let's go eat. So the three of them are there alongside Joker and Commissioner Gordon, uh, mainly because Joker needed a police escort as they are start singing Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Um, of course, Batman doesn't like it, but then Joker changes the last line to say, and to have dinner with all his friends. 
to which Batman states, we are not friends. <laughs> and that's how our movie ends. Uh, there's a little small post credit scenes, as most um, movies do in the superhero dumb, where it's just Bat Dad AI just wishing all of us a Merry Christmas. Uh, but with that, we wrap up our Merry Little Batman Christmas special, at least the story parts of it. So while we go figure out the best way to recreate Alfred's hot chocolate, because we do not want to eat any of the congealed eel that he made for Christmas Eve breakfast. Uh, this is a podcast in the Forgotten Entertainment family that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Hi, everyone. Master Jedi Colleen here, co-host of Bohemian Geek Studies and yet another Star Wars podcast. But I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also an author. My second novel was published last fall, and it debuted as number one horror novel on Amazon, which was really cool. If you like Stephen King, weird happenings in small towns, or just looking for a new writer, give my novel The Falls a try. It's set in Minnesota, where everyone wears that nice facade. Nothing is ever what it seems. Find The Falls by Colleen McMillan on Amazon and the Between the Lines publishing website. All right. So, uh, just had... Merry Little Batman, the first, now it's being seen as the first ever full Christmas story in the DC universe. Um, there are many more, many more that have taken place around Christmas, but this was the only one to actually be focused in on Christmas as much as it was. How many gallons of Alfred's famous hot cocoa are you giving this movie? So I was very close. I was very close in the first half hour. I was ready to give this a full solid seven, a respectable seven uh, out of out of uh, the gallons. But I did have to bump it down to a six. And here is why I was ready to give this a seven as a kid's movie that was light and fun and had a lot of cute gags that the adults in the audience would get but not too far out of the range. Even it could be a preteen movie for the kids who maybe their first Batman movie at age six or seven is Dark Knight, mm-hmm. which is really dark, but yeah. <laughs> it's possible in this, in this world we live in. But the longer the movie went on, the more I realized that this is for adults. I do feel like this Mary Batman was made to be a Christmas special for adults to have fun with. And for that, I do think they cut some corners that made me treat it like an adult movie. And as an adult movie, I do feel like they cut some corners here. Um, Namely, one of the biggest things here is Batman does not have an arc in this movie. Mm. (laughs) He doesn't get one. As a person who's repeatedly said, I get way too much Batman in the DC canon and movies, and we're not done yet, trust us. Um, I do think they kind of shortchanged the arc. You don't realize this at first because the bad dad AI in the middle, mm-hmm. it kind of re- literally replaces Bratman <laughs> and his acceptance of Damien as a hero. Because what happens is Batman goes off. He justifiably comes back to find Gotham in flames and is kind of forced within a minute to accept that Damien can kind of fight and mm-hmm. do it by himself. Despite the movie up until this point telling you that Damien is actually not capable of doing anything from him by himself. So the metaphor is kind of thrown off 
the journey he's supposed to be going on because Damien needed to be competent up into this point for this to for this to work without Batman here. Um, and if Batman was here, the whole movie could happen and then Damien could prove himself at the end. That would work, too. But because Batman was absent for the, the actual part of the movie where Damien proves himself or doesn't prove himself, depending on how your perspective is, I, I do think that weakens the story when you really look at it as a whole. Um, and I will say it's funny. It's really funny. I particularly love the joke where Gordon, it looks out the window, everything's on fire. And he says, we got to do something. And he picks up the phone, puts on the bat signal. And then the other officer just smiles at him wordlessly. <laughs> that is my favorite joke of this movie. It's brilliant. But I do think that because the arc for Batman isn't there, um, because the tone shifts so wildly <laughs> in that last section, I don't think it comes together as the fullest project. And it does feel, in the end, like the first half of the movie, the Home Alone section was one part, mm -hmm. and then the belt part was another part, and then the ending was a conclusion to a movie we didn't see. <laughs> 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 For some reason... I just was like, Teen Titans go to the movies. I, I felt like the story was just more structured than this. I don't know what it was about. Like, I want to see the Teen Titans go to the movies more than this. I don't know what it is. How about you? Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I don't know. I think part of it is just like they got a lot of their themes down. I don't know if maybe this, I'm trying to remember if it was just because they had just one singular theme, but even some of the jokes landed really well. Um, you know, talking about even just at the very beginning of the film where we had like Robin being upset about the different kinds of Batman movies that are being created, like the the car, the Alfred movie, the wait. No, wait. come on now. No, wait. <laughs> the wait. belt? They wait. made oh they made the movie about the belt. Oh my god, they did. We we bat wheels. Pennyworth, and now this movie, we completed it. We All did these it. Oh. Came out <laughs> before a Robin movie. Oh no. <laughs> okay, we need no wait, hold on. Because DC might be on a different level right now. I need to know if they knew this was in production when they made that joke. <laughs> this was their plan the whole time. <laughs> This is also more proof that DC listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right, great job, DC. You you did it all. You hit the hat trick. Thank you. You Thank know you. what? Ten out of ten for all ten. those movies. Now, yes, ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, it was definitely throwing. Every, take every single Christmas iconic film and throw and throw it into the sink and see, or rather, throw it into the ice cream, pizza, lollipop concoction that Damien was making at whatever <laughs> six, six, six. Um, I'm in the same boat um, more so. I actually did give it the 7.5. Um, I did have fun watching the film. I think that it was specifically because I love the fact that it was finally a nice change of pace of not having to have like a DC holiday themed thing that isn't just such a darker tone. And this is probably because Batman just runs the holiday game. I feel like he gets every single Halloween movie. He gets every single Christmas. We're waiting for Arbor Day. We don't know who that's going to be, but I'm already assuming it's going to be Batman. Probably not facing against Poison Ivy for all we know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that. It was a nice change of pace there. Um, 
The other thing that I'm still trying to grasp around, which um, I found out in an article about this movie from Animation Magazine, was that they were trying to produce this to be seen through the eyes of a child. And some of those scenes I got. But I agree. There was definitely some stuff that got like a little dark and it had me sitting there questioning like, what is the actual age range for this movie? Because I think with maybe, I don't know, I, I don't have kids, but I'm assuming that this is probably a little too adult for a seven-year-old, but I feel a 10-year-old might be too annoyed by this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it because it, it does that's yeah that's the thing where it kind of sails past being for kids mm-hmm. like i think you could put on the first half an hour of this movie for a kid yeah. and they'd have fun with it but i think they would the patience would start to wear thin once they're watching damien chase around the belt because also what's the moral of the story <laughs> yeah like they, I, I feel like they tried to hit that on the head but then it didn't pan out the way we thought because the the because it is definitely like what Bat Dad AI said, where it's just like you getting back the belt and Bruce respecting you isn't a goal to goal scenario. So like him destroying the belt, I don't think that's a concept that many kids would have grasped. This seems definitely like you said, that was an adult concept. Like if he destroys the belt, he's realizing now that his dad is going to forever, maybe realize his dad's going to forever love him. But then also it's never explicitly said because immediately after Batman continues to be the overbearing parent. And gives him a new belt. Right. right. (laughs) It doesn't click. It just, (laughs) there needed to be something else, something to be said. Maybe if it was like, oh, wow, I just get a little bit of an alteration right here. Yeah. Maybe if Batman came up a little earlier in the scene, like maybe if he was present there and is shouting to Damien that you're not a supervillain and that I do trust you and respect you because even though you've gone through all this, I can see there are moments where you dedicated yourself to those three philosophies I kept giving you of focus, responsibility, and, um, and sacrifice. And it's like we saw everyone else doing that, but we didn't see Damien do that until quite yet. At least definitely not until the sacrifice part. The focus he was lacking, like he had he knew what his mission was, but he was always hearing about. And I I get maybe they wanted to put it that was just like, you know, a kid's going to lose focus here and there, but he'll Mm. eventually gain it back. But it didn't feel like that came across in the storytelling as well. Yeah, if you compare this to some movies like Super Sons. Mm-hmm. Um, where again, you have these kids with the complex that really want to impress their dads and their dads don't want them to, and their dads pull them back, but eventually they do end up proving themselves. This doesn't happen here. <laughs> Damien, uh, even before he gets captured by the villains, he gives up. Yeah. He's ready to throw in the towel and let this happen. And I think in most other movies, this would have been the point where Batman comes back, gives scolds him, and then he bails Batman out of trouble, thus proving himself as the the good son. Where he gets the belt back, and Batman's like, "I don't care. You, Gotham is in flames." But the real RT alteration, if I may throw it in right now, do it, it <laughs> is there was a layup for me that I can't believe was missed here, 
Joker realizes in short order that the reason why there's no crime in Gotham is because Batman cleaned it up for this kid. Mm. If that had come in earlier and the movie would have been about all this chaos was caused, I'm causing all this chaos while your dad's away because of you. Mm-hmm. And Damien feels the weight of the he's reacting to it instead of going after it. And then at the end, they're like, oh, he gets overwhelmed and decides like he can't do this. Now you have a movie. Now you have a movie to me because Damien at this point would have felt responsible for this. And I think that would have really made it effective. And the last thing I'll say is that they have the most emotional uh, scene between him and the bat dead AI about him wanting to protect the childhood and not be alone. That absolutely should have happened at the end. <laughs> yeah. <Happened> way too early. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, I don't know what it was, but it felt like a lot of the, 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 um, the morals of the story kept popping up throughout the film and not yes. at the moments that it should have counted. Like Joker explains the plan to Damien. Like at the, during his conversation with when he was um Damien was about to fight off against um against Penguin. And then yeah. out to have it be that both Bat Dad AI and Alfred have to explain to Damien about that he that Bruce is just trying to protect his childhood. It feels like I don't know. Like I, I again, I don't have kids. I don't know if this is like the mindset of that parents or guardians or see with when explaining something to their kid but it did feel like we were hitting the nail on the head way too often when some of these scenes and these like pinnacle moments should have come up at like later stages like you said yeah and if you're having trouble visualizing this just imagine <laughs> that in the first spider-verse they after they uh get the computer Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you all have seen Spider-Verse. If you haven't, I don't know why you're here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just stop what you're doing. Stop <laughs> listening to us already and go watch it. Yes. So imagine if at, right after Miles goes on the first mission with Peter Parker and Gwen retrieves the computer, Peter Parker ties him down there and says, hey, you're not ready for this. The scene they have right before they go to confront Kingpin. They tie him up. They say, stay in your room. You're not ready for this. And then they go back and they meet all the rest of the Spider-Men and they run around and they have fun. It doesn't work as well because you've had this really emotional moment when the character is not there yet. They're not at that stage of growth. And that's what happened with Damien. He had to have multiple, like you said, those multiple conversations about, is he ready for this? And then ultimately he just decides by himself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) it it just isn't as strong as it could have been. It's close. It really is close. But um, yeah, there's some there were some corners cut here that I think do take out some of the edge of his. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, some other things about the film, as we alluded to, or rather was blatantly pointed out in very, very a bunch of scenes, is how akin this film is to to Home Alone. So a lot of the great um, Christmas movies that we've seen in the past. Uh, the article, which I referenced from Anim- Animation Magazine, also states that it wants to this this film hopes to be like home alone uh to clarify not saying that the people who worked on the film are saying that this is going to be the next home alone or want to be the next home alone (laughs) it's just more so just like they like us they got the references but it does open up the question 
Where does Merry Little Batman place on your 25 days of Christmas watch list? Um, I guess I'll do. Do I prefer this more than It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Um, yes, I am here to slander It's a Wonderful Life whenever I can. So oh. here I am. So wherever It's a Wonderful Life is going to play, put this on instead. Uh, I'd like it a lot more. I think there's actually a whole channel dedicated to It's a Wonderful Life. Um, 24 hour run. Uh, just play this instead, like here. <laughs> yep, because I, I won't be watching that, but I'll I'll watch this again. <laughs> At least I'll have fun. <laughs> Wait, is it because? All right, we're going off topic here really quickly. Is it because it's a wonderful life? Technically, really, does it take place a lot of the times on Christmas? That is part of it, but mainly, I think it's a wonderful life. Is just Christmas Carol if it was boring. Mm. That's just how I. Look at the comparisons between the two stories. You can fill in the blanks itself. But uh, the premise of A Wonderful Life takes so long to get going. Christmas Carol, three ghosts. Boom. Marley's like, you're going to go to hell. Boom. 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 Scrooge is more fun to follow. He's a more fun character. Do you remember something that George says about the moon? Or do you remember Bah Humbug? Mm. Mm. Come at me. At me. And I'll, 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 we'll talk about it anywhere, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> we'll, we'll create, we'll create a whole separate chat for y'all. There's going to be a whole new podcast. <laughs> 350 episodes dedicated to why it's a wonderful life is trash. <laughs> it might not be enough, but I'll, I'll start there. <laughs> well, I will say personally for me, I don't, I don't think I'll be watching <laughs> this movie <laughs> as it might be the same i don't even know how to feel about it's a wonderful life right now <laughs> you read me up <laughs> you activated my trap card i'm sorry <laughs> i will say though probably in my numbers of watching i'll probably watch this movie as many times as as i would watch um it's a wonderful life <laughs> i mean this movie is no muppets christmas carol i'll say that right now Mm-hmm. That's a piece of cinema right there. Nothing is touching that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that this is something that Merry Little Batman is a movie that I probably wouldn't plan out to watch. You know, maybe if I know like a, someone that's really interested in Batman and is on the younger side and wants to see this fun little version and I just want to be somewhere else eating food and hanging out with people <laughs> while drinking Coquito. I'm this would probably be the movie that you play. Uh, this is a nice little background movie that you can play during the holidays. It's um, I got to say it was a bit of a shame that I, I'm hoping that this movie does end up maybe getting some airtime on Cartoon Network or even on some other platform, because I think it's one of those movies where it unfortunately is going to get lost to time because, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you have Christmas movies, there's like a billion and one that come out every year and only a few actually stand out. Like, I think this week alone, there was like, there's at least three Santas and one of them is black played by yeah. Lil Howery. <laughs> <laughs> and you have Shazam still. The DCU Shazam. That's a Christmas movie. Oh yeah, that is very true. So um, yeah, like this is going to be a little tough. I think it's unfortunately going to be lost to the ages, but I do hope that people hold on to this in some way, shape, or form. Um, maybe it does get the run-throughs. Maybe it's like you play this once every two years or once on a Thursday night when um, you're just like, I need to go to sleep and want to have a little fun while I go to sleep. This is that kind of movie. You'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy the references. 
I don't think this if it wins like high, high awards, I will be shocked. But I'm also glad to see that a lot of these characters and these voice actors are here because it does show that a lot of great people were pulled into it. This is just, I think, something they decided to have fun with. And that's what I'm that's what I appreciate the most about this film. Mm hmm. So next time, guys, do a Flash Christmas. He can run around the earth, deliver presents. There's a lot of sad stuff because he has a messed up family life, too. Mm -hmm. And we get an original story out of it. And Reverse Flash would probably try to ruin Christmas because he tries to ruin everything in Barry's life. What if Reverse Flash (laughs) stole Santa Claus? That would be the greatest story ever. Reverse Flash could literally erase Christmas as a holiday off the calendar. He Mm -hmm. has the time travel powers. So, yo, Warner Brothers, call me. Let's put together Reverse Flash a racist Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barry comes downstairs. Hey, you guys ready for Christmas? Everyone's like, what's Christmas? <laughs> it was me, Barry. Ho, ho, ho. I, I'm seeing, I'm writing this movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say anymore. <laughs> we got to say something for the negotiation room. <laughs> and get, get Captain Cold, it could be a warm Christmas and Captain Cold comes in as work release and sprays some ice in the air. I, all right, that's it. That's it. That's just, all the ideas you're okay, getting. Okay, actually, I do have one more thing. <laughs> yeah. Calendar Man joins with the heroes because he's just like, you're not taking away Christmas. Yes, he he gives up the location because he's like, that's one less thing. I'm like, I knew there was something missing off my calendar <laughs> in my Flashpoint memory. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting itchy. <laughs> he, he's the only one that believes the Flash. <laughs> he's the only one with Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Next movie, please make it be a Flash Christmas movie. We are asking for it right now. I know we had a petition before, but this is a, a secondary yeah. petition. Let's get this going. <laughs> James Gunn, we know you're, you're listening. Come on. Man. We'll, we'll write it. We'll write it. Come on. We'll, let's do yes. it. <laughs> um, and speaking of stories, though, and writing things, while this story does feel finite, at least to me, it does feel finite. How about you? I I don't really see them coming back to this universe. I think Super Sons or Super League of Super Pets of the kids mm-hmm. movies, there those have ripe material to come back. I'm actually surprised they haven't come back to Super Pets yet. Um, but I don't think this iteration between the unsettling animation <laughs> and <laughs> I don't actually want to see anything bad happen in this world for real mm-hmm. because this animation was uh that yeah, so I, I think this is it. I think this You're just is gonna it. have fever dreams about Alfred right now. Aren't oh you? my god, he is my he's gonna be my sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna walk over on a bowl to shield. <laughs> oh god, he makes you eat it. Oh no. <laughs> well, um, it does seem though that the story is not finite because um from the last report still hasn't been confirmed whether or not it's still the case. Uh, Mike Roth is slated to create a series following this adventure that will include more members of the bat family as they navigate the world of super family heroism. And they're going to bring in some more characters too, apparently. Well, sounds like my villain origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Teen Titans go, uh, might, might be apologizing soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but also, if you are interested in seeing some more Wayne family adventures, there's a whole webtoon kind of dedicated to this. Um, <laughs> the art style is a little, little different, 
Um, it's a little cleaner compared to the Ronald Searle style. Um, no shame to him. I loved his art. Loved his artwork. Uh, I just think that creating. I don't know what the plan is for this show, but I do feel like the story was very fine. I don't think we can move forward <laughs> with it. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up our holiday special. Thank you, Calendar Man, once again, um, for one, bringing this to our attention, and two, putting this back on your on your nice list. Uh, we hope you made you. Pr- we hope this made you proud. Uh, put down that coquito because you're supposed to bring us some. <laughs> In the meantime, check us out on our socials for more content. Don't forget to support us on our Patreon. Or even by leaving a review on your listening platform or on social media. We we check those, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And next time, Batman Ninja. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no we're not doing that. In fact, we're just going to have ourselves a Merry Christmas. And we hope you have one, too, and enjoy the holiday season. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And remember that when making hot cocoa from scratch, Use unsweetened chocolate. If you use milk chocolate, you'll throw off your ratios, and that's what causes diabetes. Mm-hmm. And we may see you tomorrow, hint, hint, at something in the future. But until then, <laughs> if you see Alfred as your sleep paralysis demon, lash out. Do whatever you can. He's coming for you. <laughs> those ominous footsteps (laughs) (laughs) thanks again for listening yet another DC animated podcast is a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family if you liked what you heard leave a review and share us with a friend also be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at YADC Animated Pod.